Hey there, and welcome to the podcast of Real Life Spokane. We are so happy you are joining us today. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. Let's jump in. Matthew 26, we're going to kick off in verse 36. There's a moment where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a very vulnerable moment. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today is vulnerability. In a world of pretending and hiding and faking like you've got it all together, vulnerability is Jesus' way. It's a different way. And and we see Jesus at what probably his weakest point here in his earthly journey. I love that God sent his son to earth. Because if he didn't send Jesus, we wouldn't have a visible image of the invisible God. If God has an expectation for our life, like, I I want you to learn vulnerability. I want you to learn how to be in relationship, a trusting relationship with other people where you can be real with who you are and open and honest about what's going on in your life and receive the benefit of walking my way. If he would have just given us that as a mandate or a command from on high, but not a picture to see. We would have struggled with this, but because Jesus walked here on earth, we now have a living picture of what vulnerability looks like, of what Jesus is calling us to by what he demonstrates right here in Matthew chapter 26. We get a picture to model our lives after. I would say vulnerability is a tough conversation. I think for many of us, we've come through a a really rough season in relationships. I, I was talking to someone in the lobby today. Your families are being divided over issues of politics or, or, or health and all of these different concerns that are swirling around. There's all kinds of issues that are dividing relationships, breaking relationships right now. And, and for many of us, if you've been hurt recently, betrayed recently, if you've been let down recently, um, there's this temptation to not want to trust people again, kind of put everybody in one category, like people suck, right? You put them in that, that box and like, I don't want to trust people. You look at how mean people are online or how opinionated everybody is or how frustrating it is to try to have a conversation about anything that doesn't turn political and ranting and raving. Like, like we, we, we kind of retreat from relationship. We retreat from openness. We retreat from, from being kind of real with who we are and where we're at and what's going on in our lives because it's been so painful, been so hard. But Jesus invites us out of the world's way into his way. And I want you to watch his vulnerability here in Matthew chapter 26, just as a picture. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's just read it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pull it apart. Verse 36, Jesus went with his disciples, so he had 12 of them. These are men he'd walked with the last three years. He's at the end of his life here. He's about to be handed over to be crucified. He went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, I want you to sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and he took the two sons of Zebedee. So that's James and John. So he took three and he went a little bit further and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And then he asked him for help. Stay here. Can you guys stay? Can you keep watch with me? I'm struggling, guys. Going a little further, he fell to his face to the ground and he prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup. He's talking about the cup of God's wrath that's about to be poured out on him 
as he's substituting himself for every single one of us. He's like, God, if this cup can be taken from me, please, but not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them, come on, guys, sleeping. Do you know what hour this is? Do you understand, like, what's about to happen, right? They're sleeping. But Jesus doesn't go off. He just says, hey, could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, would, would you please, Peter, would you watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation? The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So he went away a second time and he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, then may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping? Are you resting still? Look, Yahweh is near. The son of man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Vulnerability is the quality or the state of being exposed to the possibility of being hurt, being betrayed, being attacked, being harmed, either physically or emotionally. It's opening yourself up to the potential of damage. It goes everything against like kind of the way our nature is to, to self-preserve, right? Make sure that I, I have a good face, that my, my life is well put together, that everybody thinks I've got it going on, that everything looks ship-shape in this little world of mine. Vulnerability is opening ourselves up to the opportunity to actually be harmed, to be betrayed, to be let down like Jesus was in this passage. Yet Jesus' vulnerability in this passage is something that I believe he is inviting us into and to learn for ourselves. You think about it, though, there's a couple of different forms. So, so sure, you see Jesus vulnerable with God. God, I don't want to carry this burden. I don't want to drink this cup of your wrath. But if you are willing it, then I'm in. God, if this is your purpose, then I'm in. And I love the vulnerability with God. And many of us have been learning that and working on that and, and, and getting better at that, that we're opening our hearts to God and allowing him to see where we're really at. We're not playing games with God. We're not saying what we think God wants us to say in our prayers, you know, praying the perfect prayer. We're just being real with God. Like, I love watching that happen here in our church as we're opening up that way. But then look at what, the way he was vulnerable with these guys. First thing he did is he, he shared where he was. He was open. He was like, hey, guys, I, I'm struggling. I need to pray. Guys, guys, I'm, I'm sorrowful. My, my heart is troubled. He, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I just want you to see there's this honesty and this openness about who Jesus is. And I would say in a, in a world that's like trying to keep it all together, for many of us, this is difficult. We can talk about things. We could talk about the past. We could talk about other people. We could talk about issues. But for many of us, it's really challenging to be open and honest with where we are and what's, what we are navigating, what's happening inside our own souls, our own minds, our own lives. And, and I think about it like this all the time. In 1 John, he talks about the difference between walking in the darkness and walking in the light. And those who walk in the light actually experience the freedom of what it means to be in relationship with God. And the more the enemy can keep us in the darkness, hiding, pretending, acting like our life is all together, the more the enemy can have his way with us. And so, of course, there's this self-preservation about our lives and about our, our, our desires that says, don't show weakness, 
Don't need anybody. Don't open yourself up to being hurt or being betrayed or being, you know, any of that. Just callous your heart and get through this life the best you can. Of course, the enemy wants to keep us in the dark. Jesus shared where he, where he was, this openness. The other thing he did was he asked for help. How vulnerable is that? He showed weakness. I need somebody to pray with me. I, I need, I, you know, I, I love our elders. We've got an elder prayer time between every service here. Meet out here, right out here in the, in the back of the lobby there. and Just think about that, how vulnerable that is to come to the elders of the church and go, guys, Sean, Bill, Dave, Devin, right? Like, I need prayer. There's some stuff going on in my marriage, in my life. I need help. In your connect group, you know, sometimes at the end, we'll finish a connect group with saying, hey, what's, what's something that you need prayer for? Well, my aunt's cat is really struggling, right? Like, it's really easy to not be vulnerable in those moments. We really kind of self-preserve and just go through the motions and check off the connect group box and, and, and get on with the rest of our week. But those are opportunities for us to go, hey, I need some help. This message that we talked about tonight, this conversation we're having, I don't, I don't do that. I am not with that. I feel God's calling me to speak into me. He's challenging me, but I can't. Will you guys help me? We pray with me? Jesus shows this openness and this vulnerability to say, hey, I need some help. The other thing he did that was super vulnerable is he confronted his friends. Anybody not good at healthy conflict, right? Those are nervous chuckles. I heard them. They're like, don't make me admit it, right? I, I, I think to just go, hey, friend, you let me down is so hard. Hey, I asked for help and you didn't. Hey, I thought we were gonna, but we didn't. Like, like, just to confront a friend, not in an angry way. You don't see Jesus vindictive. I'm, I mean, I read it with a little bit of silliness in my tone, right? Like, are you still sleeping, guys? You know, like, but, but, but you can sense there's this sense, like, I needed you guys. Like, this is the hour. This is the moment of relationship. This is the moment where I can't do this on my own. And, and to be real and vulnerable with, I was hoping, I was depending, I was, I was asking you for support in this moment, and you, and you let me down. To confront a friend in, in this moment is a super vulnerable thing. I think depending on each of you, in your story, in your experiences, and attempts you've made at being vulnerable, and times you've been let down, and people who have betrayed you, each one of us kind of struggle with different pieces of this vulnerability. That's, that's why I think it's so cool that we see three different images of vulnerability here in this story. Because each of you have a different piece that might be more difficult for you. Asking for help might be hard. Confronting a friend might be difficult. Maybe just showing an openness about where you're at. For us, this is so important to see this. But I, I got to zoom out for a second and just ask the question, like, why is vulnerability even a thing that we should care about, Richie? Because it's hard. Because it, it always seems to end in brokenness or betrayal. I seem to get hurt. I seem to always kind of get, get just left in this, this pain-filled spot. But I was thinking about this. You, you are under attack from the enemy of your soul constantly. Not only his 
constant temptation and him trying to fill your mind with thoughts and doubts and fears and anxieties, but you also have the world that we live in that is constantly pressuring you to conform to the enemy's way of life. The world is constantly preaching at you, trying to get you to live its way to be isolated, to do its thing, to enjoy its pleasures. And, and, and all the while, the Spirit of God, for those of us that have said yes to Jesus' leadership, is alive inside of us, beckoning us, inviting us into a different way, a holy way, God's way, Jesus' way of life, fulfillment, peace, joy. But inside you is a war as well. There's an outside war, but there's an inside war. you got a sinful nature that you were born with, that you have fed for decades, that you have given into and strengthened. Every time you agree with that nature, you just give it more power in your life. And the Spirit of God is like this gentle whisper inside your mind and your heart. And you don't know which voice to listen to most of the time. But that war inside, the war outside, listen, these are all burdens that you were never intended to carry by yourself. You don't have the power to carry this by yourself. This is why scripture teaches us to bear one another's burdens in love, to walk with each other. You know, Jesus church is intended to be a community of healing and transformation and hope, but you don't walk into a hospital unless you're sick, right? Somehow the church got it wrong, and now we feel like we got to have it all together to walk through these doors. Ah, no, the, 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 the reason you connect to a connect group is because you're not growing spiritually. So to show up and act like you got your Bible all figured out and everything's perfect in your life, you are completely missing it, right? No, 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 no. I'm here because I need help, guys. I'm here because I'm, I'm trusting that somebody's going to walk with me toward my potential because I'm stuck. See, see, the church was always intended to be this community where, where you can trust some people and, and people can be, have your best interest in mind and, and care about your potential in Jesus and want to walk with you towards that potential and carry those burdens with you and, and see you healed and transformed and made whole. But, but, but the hurts and the pain and the doubts and the enemy and the world and your own sinful desires led to this massive mess that leads us away from vulnerability. Yet, yet I believe Jesus said, no, 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 I want to show you my way. Why vulnerability? Because Jesus' church is intended to be a place of healing and transformation. And Jesus' people are intended to be agents of healing and transformation. It's God's power, but he uses people like you. Why not vulnerability? Because people hurt us. Because I trust, and they were not the right person to trust, and they betrayed me, they let me down. I, I, I look at I was looking through scripture and just trying to understand Jesus' way of vulnerability. There's a time when he's not vulnerable. John chapter 2. While Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. Listen, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them. So there's times to not be vulnerable. Jesus is clear about that. For he knew all people. He knew their hearts. He knew their motives. And he did not need their approval, any testimony about mankind. For he knew what was in each person. These are not the people to entrust myself to. So, so vulnerability is absolutely essential. But there's also this clear contrast here of like, well, not, 
not just kind of vulnerability for vulnerability's sake with everybody, that there's this clear sense of wisdom needed in this to understand how and who and when and why and, and who not to and, and when not to and why not to and what, God, you would call us to in this. And so I want to help us try to make sense of this. I've got eight minutes left, and there's no way I'm going to finish this, okay? So just hang with me. Worship team, come up late. I promise we'll be all right, okay? I want you to think about this, though. When Jesus went to the garden, he took his 12, but then he took three and went a little further with them. But there is people that he trusts, but then there's three that he kind of trusts with this next level of intimacy and vulnerability in his life. This is not just like a carte blanche, like, hey, you should just be more open with your life and everybody should just know every intimate detail about your life. There's a lot of wisdom needed in this. And so let me try to help you with the wisdom side of this. There's the, yes, we should be vulnerable. How? This is the how piece. I'll say this just to start out. Vulnerability is a constant choice. It is a choice, a decision you will have to make. It is a decision you'll have to discern. You, you will have to constantly be thinking about how do I do this well? Who do I do this with? And making this choice proactively in your life to make sure that this is something that God is working through and that you're not setting yourself up for continual kind of betrayal and brokenness in your life. For me, this conversation is sensitive. I came off of a season, just like many of you, COVID has been hard, not only in your life, in the church world, uh, in my relationships. There's two or three key relationships in my life that have left a deep sense of betrayal residing in my heart that I'm working through. And so as I, I was actually fortunate enough to meet with some, some awesome leaders this week and to get some coaching from some of them, and one of them really helped me a lot. He was like, hey, Richie, it seems like you have everybody in one bucket. Do I trust people or not trust people? So that's not true. There's a lot of different people. And you need to discern kind of which kind of columns people are in for you and, and, and not just kind of put them all in one, like people suck, right? Or, or people are awesome. This is kind of what I normally live like. People are awesome. They're all good. Everybody loves everybody. Like, uh, I'm optimistic and I'm beat up right now from all of my optimism. And I'm like, ah, what do I do? Do I trust again? Do I engage again? Then God's bringing a whole bunch of new of you and I'm excited that you're here, but I don't know you and should I trust you? And, and how do we do this together? If I'm preaching about vulnerability, but I don't want to be around you, right? Like, how does this, how does this work? And, and I, I do love you and I want to be around you, but you, you understand the tension, right? Vulnerability is a constant choice. So what do you need to choose? One, you got to choose the right people. I want you to get this down. You got to choose the right people. It's not just one bucket. Trust everybody. There are different kinds of people. And I'll give you, a, I'll give you two resources. One, um, it is called Necessary Endings. And Dr. Henry Cloud does a really good job in here. He's a Christian psychologist, leadership guru, um, and he does a really good job of helping you distinguish between normal sinners like you and I, people that are just doing the best they know to do and walking with Jesus and need some love and some grace, but we're all in this together. Then there's another category of people called fools. Scripture teaches this all throughout the Proverbs. That the foolish person, no matter how much you teach them, they still are fools. These are not the people to entrust your deepest, kind of darkest stuff to because they don't know how to carry your burden with you. Then there's a whole third category called evil people, bent on destruction. 
The problem is most of us kind of think maybe everybody's evil or everybody's a fool, right? Like the majority of people are normal sinners. So don't get all jaded in this, okay? Like the majority of people are normal sinners that just are learning in this whole process. But there are foolish people and there are evil people as well. There's another resource I'll give you. Just write down bold love. Dr. Dan Allender and Dr. Tremper Longman III. Those two write an amazing theological, psychological conversation about especially people that have been abused. And they, they break down the same three categories of, of normal sinners, of, of foolish people, and evil people. But, but the distinction to kind of understand it biblically and to understand it uh, psychologically and understand kind of how to work through who. Choose the right people. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit. I want you to underline that. You who live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. See, he's talking about people who are caught in sin. I want you to carry that burden with them. I want you to get in the mess with them and lead them toward restoration, healing, wholeness, freedom. I want you to walk with them. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, in this way, if you will walk with each other this way, you will see the, the freedom, the healing, the transformation that you've been called to, right? So if you're going, who, Richie, do I trust? Those who live by the Spirit. Normal sinners that are going, God, how do I become who you made me to be? These are the people that you want to try to discern in your life. Like, hey, can I, can I trust them? Can I begin to share openly and honestly? Here's what we've done as a church. We've created connect groups, men's and women's groups. You know, we vet our leaders, train our leaders, and say, hey, here's how to create a safe environment that, that helps people share openly and honestly. Here's how you be a safe person. Here's how you walk with people, shepherd people toward their potential. So as a church, we're trying to create little environments for these kinds of conversations. You're like, I don't know who to trust. Come to one of our groups and start to kind of try it on in one of those environments where you can go, oh, they're safe people. They're normal sinners like me, and they are filled with the Spirit, learning how to walk with God. I want to be around those people, but you got to choose the right people. For many of us, we've been so beat up, our grid, our, our discerning grid is all jacked up. You trust the people that do not have any interest in, in helping you. You trust the people that only want something from you because you're looking for approval from other people. And so they tend to give you that. And then there's this reciprocal kind of codependent thing going on. And, and, and this is just for me, this helped me so much when I heard this this week. All right, who do I trust? Those who are living by the Spirit. God, would you give me like a, a grid to understand? I'll say this. One, people that truly understand you and what you need. That they're not there in relationship with you to try to get something from you. They're trying to understand who you are and how they can walk with you. Two, their motive is to be for you. They want to see you become who God made you to be. Those people exist. They do. I promise. They actually have a heart to see you grow toward your potential. Number three, they have the capacity to walk with you. Don't share your burdens with somebody who doesn't have the time, energy, heart to walk with you. If they don't have the capacity, they're just busy, right? They're just, they're just consumed with their life. Man, don't try to be open and honest and vulnerable with these people. They don't have the capacity. 
Number four is this, character. Does their life say, hey, this is a trustworthy person? Number five is track record. Like, how did it go last time I tried to trust them? Last time I was open with them. Hey, when I kind of, I tippy-toed into those waters with them a little bit, how did it go? This is a grid for just going, who do I trust? Filled with the Spirit, walking through those five filters in your mind, choose the right people to carry your burdens with you. Number two is this, choose the right way. When I was in college, I was brand new to wanting to live for God's purposes. I had I'd grown up in church, but I'd kind of had my own purpose and agenda in mind. And my, my best friend in college was named Mario, and we were roommates, and we were both on this track to like, we're going to be pastors. God's going to use us. We got to get rid of all the sin in our life. Will you help me get the sin out of my life? Yeah. You know, and we would meet every Wednesday and beat the snot out of each other. It was awesome. Like you, you sinned so many times this week. This is what we would do. Literally. We're like, you're a really bad sinner. Did you see the way, did you, I heard what you said to that person. We would literally keep like an account of like, bro, you messed up bad. Like, I saw you. I saw you talking to that girl. What were you thinking when you, you know, like we were just like, and we would walk out of that meeting so beat up. Like, I thought we were supposed to encourage each other. This is not working, right? But we're, we're going to get rid of sin in our life, right? We just like want to get rid of it. We want to be used by God. We had this weird word kind of swirling around in our minds called accountability. And accountability in the, in the church culture that I grew up in was pressure. There, in fact, there was like a list of seven questions every man would ask the, each other in small group. Have you looked at porn? Did you, um, you know, lust in your heart? Um, did you say anything mean? Did you lie to me? That was always the last question. <laughs> like pressure, 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 pressure. Did you screw up at all this week, right? It's like, ah, I, I don't feel safe anymore in this environment. The accountability is, is a great idea. Biblically, though, I would say the idea that we would practice is called confession. In other church traditions, you can only confess your sin to a priest. That's not how it works. In Jesus' church, I believe that every single one of us are a priest. We have direct access to God. In fact, James says, if you would confess your sins one to another, he doesn't say confess your sins to a priest, but to each other and pray for each other, then you may be healed, right? How cool that you have, you have a community around you sitting with you today that are here for your healing, your transformation, your empowerment, for you to become who God made you to be. You have the opportunity to be changed, come out of darkness, walk in light, be changed by the grace of God. But it comes, the access to that is through confession. You got to choose to be open, vulnerable, real, honest with where you're at, how you need help, what you need prayer for. It is up to you to make, nobody's going to come put you in a spiritual headlock and ask you if you lied to them recently, all right? Like that is not like a safe environment. That's not the kind of team that we want to be. We want to have a family that says, hey, where are you at? How can I walk with you? What's going on? Nothing. I'm good. Great. Okay. You'll hear me all the time in the lobby. How you doing? Good. Are you sure? Well, maybe not. And I always ask a second time because I know we're so programmed to be like, fine, good, fine, yeah, yeah. Right? You do it. We do it. I do it. I'm good. Right? Like just, we just, we just are programmed that way. But I believe that this is to be a community of healing, a place of transformation. James 5, I read 16, look at verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back. Oh. 
This is what Jesus' church is supposed to be like. If one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Think that we're on a mission to reach the world. We have opportunities right here in our, in our own relationships, in our community, in our marriages, to be people who are rescuing people out of hell, bringing people back from the brokenness that they've been stuck in, walking people towards their healing and transformation, being used by God to watch lives actually be changed by his goodness and his grace and his, and his faithfulness in, in, in lives. Man, I just think about this. I get so excited going, hey, let's not be just a, a community who's open for open sake. We're vulnerable. So what if you're not transformed, Right? Like we want to become a different people, a new people, a changed people, a people who are healed, a people who are radically transformed by the living God, right? Like he is alive and here in this room wanting to change you, wanting to heal you, wanting to set you free. And you staying closed in the darkness, hiding from your sin, hiding from your past, hiding from your pain, pretending like it didn't happen is keeping you stuck. And the spirit of God is saying, hey, I want to show you life and healing and freedom. Would you come out? Come out of the darkness. Allow me to put you in some relationship with some people that you can trust, who will walk with you, who, who will walk you towards your healing and your potential. Here's what I think about this conversation two ways. One, God, would you make us a vulnerable people? And two, God, would you make us a people who others could be vulnerable with? Right? You all have the perfect picture of somebody you can trust in your mind. But are you that person? Are you safe? Are you, are you somebody that can carry somebody's burdens with them? Are we a place of healing and transformation? Our city does not need another fake it till you make it kind of place, right? Our city needs a place of real people who are really walking towards healing, who are really seeing God change their lives, right? That there is really a place of healing and hope here. And for you and I to take responsibility, not only for being vulnerable, but for being a safe place, a place where God can work through us to love people right where they are and lead them toward the potential of Jesus, right? That's the kind of people we want to be. This is the kind of church God wants us to be as a place of healing. God, would you give us your grace and your spirit? Would you lead us, God, toward the future that you have for us? Here's my hope today, is that you would just go, God, I want to be vulnerable. I need your wisdom. I love James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God for it. He gives it generously to all without finding fault. But when you ask, you, you need to believe and not doubt, right? That God is actually God and that he really does love you and he really will give you wisdom. But you need wisdom in this. Who do I trust, God? How do I be open and honest and vulnerable? How do I, God, I become a safe person, a person who others can be vulnerable with and I can carry others' burdens with them? Jesus, would you make us this kind of people? I want to pray with you today. Why don't you stand your feet with me? God, you see a room full of people that need healing. God, that have been betrayed. God, that have been let down. God, that have been abused, that have been hurt. Lord, it's so difficult to know how to walk your way when 
the world's way has been so destructive in so many of our lives. God, I just pray for a moment right now, your grace. There's places of bitterness that some of us are holding on to, God, because of hurts that we've experienced that you just need to release in Jesus' name. There's places of brokenness, God, that you just need to heal in Jesus' name. I know in my own heart, Jesus, I just need your healing. God, we stand before you honestly today saying, God, we want to be your people. We want to walk your way, Jesus. But we need your wisdom. We need your grace. We need your love. We need your life. God, we need your healing and transformation, God. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come in every one of our hearts right now. For those, God, that have not yet to trust you, Jesus, that you would just draw them to a place of need, dependence, repentance right now. God, would you give them the courage to just turn their life over to you as Lord, Savior of their lives. Holy Spirit, fill every heart. Empower every heart here. God, make this a church, God, of vulnerability, of honesty, of safety. God, would this be a place of healing, transformation, God? trusting you to do this work in us, God, to do this work through us. Lord, we surrender to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Real Life Spokane podcast. We want to encourage you and help point you closer to Jesus. So be sure to visit our website or to reach out on that phone number. We love you, Real Life. See you next time.